0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Hidden Yardage podcast. I'm Mark Lane. Follow me on Twitter at Lane. I'm joined as always by Sean Martin, and you can find him on Twitter at Sean Martin. Sean, how are you doing down there in Austin?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. I got to as far as sporting events I've been to in a city that doesn't have an NBA team. I can I was at my first ever NBA game here in Austin, Texas, thanks to the Spurs uh, coming to visit at the Moody Center, which is a pretty new arena here in Austin. Where most notably University of Texas basketball plays, but also plenty of big-time concerts of the world through there. And for a couple games at the end of the regular season, the San Antonio Spurs against the Minnesota Timberwolves this past uh, Saturday. So, yeah, pretty cool to uh, say that my first NBA game. Now, why are they playing the – In a place where <laughs> – I think it was just uh, – I think called the I-35 series, if I have that quite correct and it's just a way to connect with you know different fans walking around the arena a bit sort of seemed like there were plenty of you know spurs fans that either came up from san antonio there was even minnesota fans who whether they're austin residents full-time or they decided to want to come visit austin and make a weekend out of it there were minnesota fans well represented too so yeah i think it was just a way for them to connect with you know part of their texas fan base that they don't often come up here for yeah um so
0: but i mean is this part of the play-in series or anything like that i've i admittedly don't really keep up that much
1: with the nba um for me it's just you know
0: the nfl all
1: the time Yeah, I'm not much of an NBA fan myself either, but I can tell you this was the end of the regular season. So the Spurs are not in any type of playoff scenario as far as I know. Sorry to our editor, RJ Otsower, who I know is a big uh, Spurs fan. Also an Astros fan, of course, we know that, but he's been posting a bunch of Pittsburgh Pirates stuff on his Instagram. I'm going to have to have a private talk with him about that because, I mean, I'm all for him, like converting to the Pirates. They have a great park. They're Colors are the same as my high school. I used to wear a pirate check because it was black and gold with a P on it. And my town name started with a P, so it looked exactly the same as our baseball team's hats. So if RJ just wants to go ahead and ditch the Astros to be a Pirates fan for some reason, I'm all for it. So we got to make that happen. But yeah, suppose uh, we're ending the regular season, it seemed, away from San Antonio and here in Austin. And I believe the Timberwolves might be in a playoff spot. I have to confirm that. But the T-Wolves are here in town. And they featured uh, Carl Anthony Towns, one of their star players, who was a player that I saw back in his high school days in New Jersey. He... uh was a dominant player, of course, at St. Joe's, McCutcheon, and his senior year, they won the overall state title. A future NBA player just was too much for any other team to handle, so I had a front row seat for him carrying his high school team to a state title uh, his senior year there. You also had a front row seat
0: to a Dallas Cowboy taking in the action between the Timberwolves in the spurs
1: yeah Micah parsons sitting courtside at the game really awesome to see they put him up on the jumbotron got a big roar out of the crowd you know certainly didn't expect that i think he left around you know maybe halftime third quarter quarter-ish. i was looking down where his seat was and don't know if i saw him come back to that spot so whether he went up to a suite maybe or something but yeah parsons was there just in the action, who knows what his you know, full weekend itinerary itinerary was, because I can tell you I headed down to Austin's historic 6th Street after the game and didn't see him out anywhere. It doesn't mean he wasn't there, but didn't get a chance to take a selfie, as our Brandon always wanted to see, um, just to confirm it was him here in Austin. But yeah, who knows as far as whatever else uh, Austin had to offer on kind of a gloomy weekend here, a little bit of rain, not quite. You know, the warm weather I was expecting, but still turned into a pretty great Saturday uh, at the Moody Center with Cowboy style linebacker Parsons.
0: Yeah, and with Micah Parsons there at the game, um, I, I, it just kind of raises the question of the perception that some fans have, which is that the players should absolutely – not enjoy anything (laughs) if they're coming off of a playoff loss, which only means that the Kansas City Chiefs are entitled to enjoy anything uh, this offseason, and everybody else should be hard at work trying to get their team further into the playoffs and to win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, it's a tough thing to see. I mean, we have heard, you know, horror stories of, you know, players getting injured doing recreational activities in the off season and that's never great, but you know, certainly that's not what we're talking about here. This was just a player that wanted to enjoy some NBA action and I think one of the coolest things about it probably is that we've seen Parsons be pretty public about kinda of his admiration for other athletes and other sports and kind of that crossover of him kind of coming to his own own terms terms of what it means to be a set that but one that has risen quickly him becoming his own star in the football world and kind of trying to identify that with other stars in, you know baseball or in this case the NBA and trying to really it seems like he's trying to learn from it in terms of like okay you know what do these sort of players do to just deal with kind of whatever the day-to-day might be of being a star athlete so like I said he wasn't just there you know undercover he wasn't wearing anything Cowboys related but they still put him up on the Jumbotron and he got a roar from the crowd former Spurs legend Tony Parker was also there which is pretty cool to see I'm not a Spurs fan but I can just remember Tony Parker you know playing with some Spurs teams that went to the finals against the a Bronze Ames Miami Heat teams and all that so certainly so have an appreciation for Tony Parker's game and he was there courtside as well but Yeah, I had a pretty good view of Parsons down there, which is definitely nice to see. And,
0: yeah, like, he was there at the game, and I think it's good. I think it's good he was there because, you know, these athletes, they do put in a lot of time um, throughout the offseason with taking care of their bodies, which I think if any of us, we're challenged to do, um, I don't know that we could even meet those goals and expectations, and yet they've got to do it as part of their job. And I think that with the amount of time that they put in, I think they're entitled to enjoy themselves. Plus, you got to figure that with the Cowboys' offseason program, it's set to begin this month here in a couple of weeks. So you gotta get in as much of that um you know, time off, the true off season, truly getting the chance to step back because I think the players do get it the opportunity to enjoy the off season. Do you think Mike McCarthy has enjoyed the off season any? Yeah, in, no, some ways, assuming, you know, in some ways, I- well, so it was over, and then it was on to the new staff, and then now it's evaluating everything for the NFL draft. So I feel like players actually get a bit of an offseason, whereas the front office and the coaches don't so much. And you got to let them enjoy it. And what was he doing? He was just there at a Spurs game. I mean, it's a lot better than, uh, what usually shows up on TMZ with some guys.
1: Right. Yeah. Put it this way. Like I said, if Parsons was at, you know, piano bar with me, taking Jameson shots and poorly singing along to Bon Jovi, then it'd be a different story. And, We'd have different stories to tell, both in the BTB Slack channels and right here on Hidden Yardage. But he was just at the game. Like I said, based on what I just saw looking down there, he might have even left the game early. So who knows what his travels were as far as if he left early just to be able to get to, you know, back to the Dallas region or wherever he may be going next is not for us to know. But, yeah, we're just wanting to uh, check out some NBA action in a place where they only get, you know, one game a year. If that, I never heard of just coming to Austin before I lived here. And I don't think they played here last year. This is like my second slash third year in Austin. So it's something that you can't say you get a chance to do all the time. And so that's why me and my friend wanted to take advantage of it, as well as one of the best players in the Cowboys. And, you know, when he's good enough to, in a playoff game, to get the team to call a timeout just so he can rest and then immediately make a sack and have an impact in the game that way. And I think he owns every bit of being able to enjoy how he wants to the offseason that these players get.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think they're entitled to it. Let them go ahead and have it. Um, And something that the Cowboys are going to have to deal with is, as I talked about the, the NFL draft that's coming up at the end of this month. Thank goodness. Because now all of the mock drafts will be thrown out the window and forgotten forever and scattered to the four corners of the earth. Um, but, you know, in this period, but now that free agency is over, now that you're all the 30-visit stuff and the, the draft is right at the end of the month, it crystallizes the areas... That the team could address, and I think people are going to have those expectations of positions that they need to shore up, and that if they don't address these positions in the draft, while well, is you know just the dereliction of duty, or what are they doing? They're going to try to bargain basement the uh, positions during training camp, kind of like what they did with Malik Hooker at safety, train camp 2021, although it worked out, you know. So my question to you, Sean, is what's the one area you think the Cowboys should address in the draft, but you'd be okay if they didn't address it? You, know, you could live with it.
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSC. Yeah, for me it's cornerback, I think that this is a position that, you know, ideally you should take a flyer on almost every team every year. Should, you know, come out of the draft and at some point with another cornerback, just because you're going to need definitely. You know, guys are going to miss games. You know, it's a pass happy league. That's you know, an understatement of the year type of thing and. So, you know, you're going to need players there at corner and it's an easy position to exploit. If you don't have it, you know, every offensive coordinator can find your weak spot. If you have a practice squad guy out there, I really make it hard on game days to you know, perform defensively with that one weak link out there. And in the secondary, I don't care if you have a great pass rush, great linebacking core. If you have a liability somewhere, at cornerback, it really leads to major problems on your defense. I think that's especially true of you to take a corner every year. If you, if you're lucky enough, like the Cowboys, to continue to have Dan Quinn as your defensive coordinator, I mean, you, you could take a corner at almost any point. And now the hope is going to be, whether it's fair or not to say this, that they could beat the next Duran Bland. I mean, I think Bland has already proven in one year that he's on the right trajectory to be that type of player where we can say, oh, who's the next Duran Bland? You know, every fourth fifth round pick can have that expectation at that position group now. So, yeah, I think it's cornerback where. Sure, I'd love to go get another developmental type Duran Bland guy, but also we should be talking about this team in that with now type of mindset that they set the tone for early in the offseason by making those aggressive moves, one of them being at corner by trading for Stefan Gilmore, which, you know, helps us Sancho along. So I think it's cornerback in the sense that in a couple, you know, weeks into the season, do we want to be talking about this team having a potential fourth, fifth round pick at running back or receiver, where the long shot type guy to contribute, but they're making that difference. They make one or two splash plays a game, and that really does go a long way. Just looking, you know, all the weapons that the Chiefs and the Eagles had step up on their runs to the Super Bowl. We've made those comparisons plenty of times. So, would you rather have that auto ticket type pick that can immediately help you, or we're we going to be talking already about? you know, oh, well, we've seen some flashes from, you know, insert whatever cornerback they take here. But really, he's a next year type of player and you're kicking that can down the road. Nothing wrong with that at certain points in the draft. And it's going to happen inevitably again this year when certain picks are going to be for more in the future than just this season. But I think a cornerback, maybe you take that risk where you fully don't draft one this year. Try to get as many impact current players as you can, especially on offense, to make this thing a juggernaut around Dak Prescott and then trust what Quinn already has in the stable at corner, which is good. Javon Diggs, of course, Define Gilmore, Nice on Wright, Duran Bland. Hopefully that gives you enough to maybe at least wait on this position until it you know, very much later round. So why I think it's unlikely that they go out of the entire draft without a corner. I wouldn't mind them not addressing it, at least not with their primary picks. And, you know, maybe at the end of day three, we're all trying to stay awake. Then they'll take a cornerback. But as far as their primary picks and the ones that we really spend the most time focusing on, they might go a different direction there.
0: Now, you know me. um, I like running backs, but – and I think it makes sense. And there are some good ones in – this particular draft class. But if they just decided, okay, we're going to go with Ronald Jones, Tony Pollard, and Malik Davis at running back,
1: you know, I'd be okay with it. That feels um, like a change of heart from your past statements about the run games. So I'm wondering what changed.
0: Yeah. I just. I'd be okay with it because
1: Are you, a Ronald no Jones way,
0: <laughs> you would figure that they would have to at least be watching the waiver wire at the cut down for the 53 at the end of preseason in a situation like that, or that they'd be willing to do the, uh like that, like I mentioned with Malik hooker, just kind of like the bargain basement type thing. Really? That's the, leaving the door open for Ezekiel Elliott to come back. But I think I'd be okay with it just because of just kind of the devaluation of the running back in today's game. I, I think that they could afford to get away with it at least for one draft, at least for one period in their franchise history where they could have Stood to take a running back. I think I might be okay with it.
1: Yeah, the potential. Oh, you know, is after the the potential for those headlines after not drafting a running back could be through the roof. It'd be really interesting to see. You know, it's already looking like his market's not going to develop until after the draft because that's where teams are going to be, you know, waiting to see what if they can get their desired running backs or not. And so the Cowboys go all seven rounds without addressing the position and people's opinions all over the place on Tony Pollard. We really get to see the, you know, Ezekiel Elliott potential return heat up. And I don't think the team wants that, but I also don't think that's a good enough reason just to draft one, you know, because of the publicity of, well, we don't want people saying that we're going to sign Elliott again, so we better shut that up by taking one, you know, and that's not how you draft. So, you know, they'll draft a running back based on how they think it fits what they currently have without Elliott powered and not only him, but the guys you mentioned in Malik Davis and Ronald Jones. But I'm just kind of foreshadowing what, could, what we could see in the Cowboys media landscape of an Elliott return making a whole lot more sense that they do decide to completely punt on the idea of adding more running back in this draft. Well, I think for the publicity, you don't take a running back
0: because then you continuously generate those headlines and that SEO and everything of Ezekiel Elliott and Dallas Cowboys. And everyone's looking at Ezekiel Elliott's Instagram and his Twitter his former Cowboys teammates, Instagrams and Twitters. And so I I like for just the media attention purposes, that would be, amazing if dallas didn't take a running back at all in the draft and this would really be going out there because it would not happen at all with rookie minicamp coming up but if they
1: didn't even sign an undrafted free agent rookie And especially the type of running back that's available in this year's class and the guys they've shown interest in, you know, it's not the best year to need, you know, your Elliott type back in terms of a physical bruising goal line type back. It's more of your Tony Pollard's and Taze Spears type prospect where you know it's catching the ball out of the backfield and being that dynamic type player that they're going to feature in the lead role with Pollard and you want to back that up with you know ideally a similar type player and that's where they could either walk in the draft or undrafted free agency like you said but if they do neither of them then it's right back to well does Elliot continue to make sense for them yeah it
0: would just it'd be interesting um but that that's one area and I don't know if you had another area or not, but
1: I just. about defensive tackle. You know, I was going to say Because we do this every single year, and I don't understand why we're not tired of it at this point. Maybe because it's a position that, like. Well, it's specifically this scenario. Casual fans doesn't, you
0: know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's this scenario, Sean, is if Khalidja Cancy is right there for the taking. And they pass on him. I just feel like they could be missing out on adding another really dynamic tool for a Dan Quinn's defense.
1: It's just me. Yeah. That pass rush potential with cansey is hard to pass up. You know, we still want to see this team get more consistent and run defense. It seems to be a consistent Achilles heel of a Dan Quinn defense. not enough to really, you know, make you, pause on just how much Quinn's value is and what he means to this team it's still a whole lot and you know it's still a reason you could win games the totality of the defense he's built but yeah can't see his pass rush potential and having you know the ability to line him up and also have Parsons going after the quarterback or not have Parsons be that coverage guy and then he's taking less of the wear and tear and that's something we've covered as far as him needing to be more that jack of all trades player again. Well, do you trust what you have in pass rush on the field, and not just end, but a tackle? If you had a guy like Kansi out there, Certainly a lot of intriguing potential lineups if you were able to add him. So yeah, he's a you know you can't really dictate how the first twenty five picks are going to go. To wait until twenty six is going to be a long one. There are going to be good players still available, but it's going to be a you know a widespread number of positions where you have to figure out where that positional value makes the most sense. And certainly pairing another pass roster with Dan Quinn seems to make the most sense as far as potential day one upside, which is what you're looking for always in the first round. Yes. And if the Dallas Cowboys could
0: take anyone from Super Mario and (laughs) add them to the roster, who would you want them to take?
1: So I did some research on this. Nobody can say that i don't know there was a uh, super mario's you know like fan wikipedia page type thing with official heights and weights on these guys now mark bowser is eight and a half feet tall and 1600 pounds you know where this is going give me the big guy we're playing in bowser at i don't care if it's a left guard which is a hot button position again for the second season in a row thanks to you know tyler smith not playing there but mostly at playing left tackle instead. So if we still need our left guard, give me Bowser. If we need a tight end, because we all wish Dak Prescott had that Travis Kelsey-type tight end and no knocks on Peyton Henderson or of Jake Ferguson, I really do think they're going to be great. But they're not eight and a half feet tall of dinosaurs, so we're throwing the ball to Bowser at tight end if we have to. We're lining them up in the backfield, throwing them balls at the goal line like Jumbo Elliott for the Jets back in the day. Give me Bowser as your jack-of-all-trades, eight-and-a-half-foot dinosaur out there. Let's go win the Super Bowl with Bowser. You know, I would have to go with, and we're talking about this because
0: the Super Mario Brothers movie, you know, just crushed it at the box office over the weekend. But I would go with Yoshi as my deep safety because he has. I think he has the ability – to run, you know, with receivers on the back end and help double cover. And he can contest passes because all he's got to do is just jump up and stick that tongue out. And then he can either bat the ball away or go ahead and swallow it for an interception. Um, I think they would. Well, they do it anyway. Uh, They... You know, then the Cowboys bring their football out on the field for the offense. Um, But if – I think Jerry would like him for well, this reason because when Yoshi would swallow the football, he would convert it into a gold coin. And uh, nah, nah, uh, that's, uh, nah, you know, good for business, isn't it? <laughs>
1: I love that answer. Yossi is five four, one hundred and thirty-two pounds, by the way, so certainly an undersized safety, but yeah, if you can line up in single high or if him sticking that tongue out there to deflect all kinds of passes and cause havoc back there with Jaron Kirsten and the likes of the safety group that we're all excited to have back, the three-headed dragon, if you will. Yeah, I like that answer a whole lot. Yossi back there at safety with some corner flexibility.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, you know, in Dan Quinn's defense, Dan Quinn totally could find utility for Yoshi.
1: Plus, Yoshi comes in, like, a ton of different colors and all that, you know, and he, like, changes colors based on whatever, like, he eats and stuff. So, you know, you could easily get, you know, a blue and white type Yoshi and make him Cowboys colored and, you know, sell plus Yoshis down there at the Pro shop. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, I think Yoshi would be good on the field. And he's marketable, and he produces gold coins. So it would be an absolute win for Jerry. All right, let's go ahead and get to some Cowboys birthdays. Before we get out of here, Sean, on Wednesday, Ray Horton turned 63, played uh, safety for Dallas from 1989 to 1992. On Thursday, Dennis Thurman from Thurman's Thieves, uh, he turned 67, and uh, he was with Dallas. From 1978 to 1985, of course, a contract dispute. You know, in 1986, led to him finishing out his career with the St. Louis Cardinals. And then also on Thursday, uh, Dan Campbell, yeah, that Dan Campbell, who's the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Uh, he turns 47 years old, but he's with the Cowboys from 03 to 05 and played tight end, and he was the guy that Jason Witten beat out for the starting tight end job. It was Dan
1: Campbell, and those are your Cowboys birthdays for this week. Dan Campbell biting off kneecaps before we even had a chance to know him as the tight end now for just two seasons. Um, for the Cowboys, you know, he's the type of coach that a lot of NFL fans these days are really rooting for, and fans are trying to see – you know, if Detroit's going to give him the time to really build where it seems like he's on the path to building there it was already being a trendy pick to up end the Packers and go win that NFC North this year. So, you know, it's interesting to see that perspective on Campbell as a head coach now and compare it to where Mike McCarthy is at his point in the Cowboys career, where he could very much be on that same type of path where he feels like he has the time to really start building this thing more and more in his image. Being the play caller now is a big step up in that way. And yet, you know, still facing that pressure, though. You don't get that same type of pressure to win right off the bat in Detroit for McCarthy is feeling it. And, you know, in some ways, he probably feels like he's just getting started. But the media is all about, you know, trying to run him out of town already where Campbell isn't quite in that boat. But the results need to be, you know, soon down the line if he's really going to be the type of head coach that it seems like a lot of fans are hoping he can be because uh, he's injected a lot of personality into the league and really has that team – you know, pretty trendy like I said and has has a following at this point. So a good list to Cowboys' birthdays as always to end the
0: Yeah, and next week, Sean, we'll have some guys from New Jersey. Don't worry. I we see will find on one list. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll have some guys from New Jersey just for you this week. Next Well week. hey
1: for, for our listeners. As Marcus recording this film has never been higher for him to stop and find a pork leg and see a sandwich. I mean, you're already in the car, find one. Right. Yeah. I ought to put it into my Yelp and uh, go see what yeah. it suggests. Uh, I mean, again, I found one for you in Indianapolis at the combine that we tried to make happen, but at this point, yeah, we're going to have to, uh, you know, do some more research as far as places you're close to that can actually, uh, actually get it done. So,
0: yeah, no, we'll have it'll happen. We'll get the pork roll sandwich. Uh, just as everybody will give you a follow at Sean Martin NFL and myself will follow at the real Mark Lane and subscribe to us on the Hidden Yardage Podcast on Apple Spotify Tune In and Stitcher. So there it is.